It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. Hi, this is Sonia to show you how to pronounce this Italian wine name. Pecorino is a wine from the Marche and Abruzzo regions. Passerina and Verdicchio also grow in the Marche. Falangina and Greco di Tufo come from Campania. Alla vostra! That's it? I thought she was going down. Did she go down the whole list? Oh, she did. Okay. Thank you, Sonia. Uh, that was from our uh, Los Angeles producer, Chris DiMatteo, a friend of his, an Italian friend of his, explaining the pronunciations of the wines we're going to do on Italian Wine Wednesday, California Wine Country with Dan Berger, brought to you by Bottle Bar. And our good friend is back with us. It's been a while. Italian wine merchant Don Chigazzola. Don, great to be back. Great and to see you, man. Great to be out of my house at all, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, I <can> understand. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I always have a good time coming here and really uh, have fun uh, spending time with you. As we do too. Do I, I mentioned s- to Steve earlier that the term Italian wine merchant is such a quaint description, <laughs> and it brings up these pictures for me. How would you define a, an Italian wine merchant? Real easy. I drive the back roads of Italy looking for uh, native Italian varietal wines from small artisan families. When I find one I think is a great representative of that district, I develop a relationship with the family and import it over here to share with uh, uh, the folks here in the North Bay. And Harry, I'll tell you, as you probably figured out, it's a very thankless job, but somebody has to do it. It's basically called vacation time for Don. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually when uh, my son, uh, who has a full-time day job in the city, he is uh, my partner in this, and uh, Tony always comes on all of my uh, trips and helps me select the wines, and we're both pretty laser-focused, uh, trying to really do the best we can when we're over there, but it's not a bad place to, to go to work. How did you get into the wine world sure. before? Well, I spent my career in uh, the tech world, and uh, I had the privilege of spending the last 12 years of my career with a great medical device company in town called Medtronic. While I was uh, with them, uh, my wife and I would vacation in Italy because I'm Italian heritage, and we would be out in the the back country in these small hilltop villages tasting amazing wines. And so I'd come home and uh, try to find these wines all the local stores you would go to look for Italian wines. And I could find, sometimes I could find the same varietal, but it never really was tasting like what I was tasting over there. And I finally realized on one trip, I'm tasting wines from these families that have been doing it for generations. Right. And uh, they're out in these small villages. They're too small for any of the big importers to be interested in. So when I was ready to uh, leave the corporate world, I just had this idea of why can't somebody create the experience we were having over there here on a local level. So that's where the idea for Chickasola Merchants came from. And uh, I left the corporate world in 2012 and we launched our business uh, on, I believe it was April 2013. And explain how it works. I mean, you are Italian wine merchants. um, And how do our listeners get a hold of the wines that you're bringing from Italy. I know it's chigazolamerchants.com and you're on your own, folks. 
on spelling Chigazola. You'll figure it out, okay? So uh, I'm actually licensed as not only an importer, but also a wholesaler, as well as uh, I've got my direct consumer license that allows me to sell direct to the consumer via my website. Right. And so I do sell my wines to the some local restaurants who uh, are very interested in them. And they can find some of my wines at Riviera Restaurant on Montgomery, Cabianca on uh, 2nd Street, and also uh, Franchetti's uh, on North Dutton. Some of my favorite places in the world, the ones you just mentioned. Uh, Dan Berger. Sir? You awake? I'm <laughs> I was awake until you mentioned my name. <laughs> That's the trigger to put me to sleep. <laughs> so give us your thoughts on Don, because you, well, you first brought him in a long time ago. And I got I got very fortunate. We got a mutual friend who introduced us, and uh, I, I, I Don's absolutely correct about these the quality of these wines. These wines are ultra-high quality, not that they're the only ones in Italy. In fact, every little region of Italy has got a fabulous collection of wines that nobody ever heard of before and never will see and and i've been i did this in 1990 on my own and then in 1994 my wife and i went to travel in italy and we found wines that were just sensational and i th- i had the exact same thought that don did why can't i have these wines at home <laughs> but i didn't get into the business he did and the the secret to this is making certain that every step of the way the product is protected from the moment you taste it at the property uh, fattoria or whatever you want to call it and then making sure that the family that makes it which generally it's a family is maintaining the quality all the way through the production facility all the way through the bottling making sure that the cork is in the right condition and so forth and so on and, and step by step by step and then finally getting that wine arranged for shipment and getting that wine on the water and shipping it over here in, in, in cold containers so that the wine is protected and then getting it into a cold warehouse in Sonoma County and protecting that wine all the way through and then making sure that the price isn't outrageous. This whole thing is a very complicated process. I didn't mean to say that Don can't even imagine taking a vacation. This is a really a lot of work. And so he's done us all a favor because these are wines you'll never otherwise see, ever. And uh, Don, uh, uh, on the website it says, 200 years ago my ancestors immigrated to America from Genoa, Italy and began importing goods and merchandise. Now, with Chigazola merchants, are you and the family, I mean, you're not just, you're all over Italy, right? There are Chigazolas uh, all over Italy, mainly northern Italy, around Genoa, um, a few. My cousin Vinny uh, told me when he went to Naples about seven years ago, he said, uh, just go into a phone book in Naples and there'll be many, many Vicarios, Mm. which is my real last name. Just call one of them up at random and say, "Hey, it's cousin Steve from uh, America," and they'll invite you in. And well, I've uh, make you dinner. I've done some research. There's actually a a strata in Genoa with uh, the name Chigazola. There's a uh, private elementary school with the name Chigazola, and there's a piazza Chigazola in in Genoa. So, my ancestors, um, you know, uh, must have known somebody over there. But uh, my ancestors came into this country through New Orleans, which was the other major port besides right. Ellis Island. Yes, so I remember you talking Chagazolas about that. The Chagazolas came in through New Orleans. And so if you go to New Orleans today, open up that phone book, you will find a lot of Chagazolas. By the way, 
You look great. Did you lose weight during the uh, pandemic? I gained 12 pounds. Uh, no. Uh, well, thank you. But no, I uh, just um, am still cycling. When I'm not uh, tasting wine and selling wine, I'm on my bicycle. Well, there you go. I love these wines, by the way. This first one, this Passerina that you're, you're all done with it. You finished your glass well, in a heartbeat. Well, it was so good. I had, yeah. Yeah, let me just well, uh, this, it's, take another it's taste bright, here. fresh, light, elegant. It's got nice uh, aromatics, uh, sort of a, a, a very, very delicate, uh, uh, almost a, 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 a fresh fennel component with a little teeny bit of a celery top kind of an aromatic it's gorgeous stuff because it's got this beautiful brightness to it and there's no oak at all to screw up that flavor and and it's a balanced wine it's got beautiful acidity to go along with just enough uh, alcohol what's the alcohol in it? it's probably about 12 and a half i would imagine uh, this is uh, labeled mm. as 13.5 but it doesn't, it taste doesn't like seem that. like that no. but uh, this comes from a, a small family in a village called porto san giorgio uh, it's a seaside uh, village, and their winery is only about two kilometers uh, away from the beach. And these vineyards are very close to the beach. Uh, I almost get some uh, like a salinity in my in my mouth when I when I drink this wine. But Passerina is not very well known uh, in this country, and in fact, it's just reemerging in in the Marquet. It's it's grown strictly in the Marquet. Explain that. The Marquet. Oh, so, I'm sorry, Italian wine regions. There are 20 Italian wine regions in the country, and each region is known for certain wines. Everybody has heard of uh, Chianti Classico. Well, that's one of the uh, wines known uh, from the region of Tuscany. The other one from Tuscany is Brunello di Montalcino. So every region has its wines that it is most famous for. Uh, Piemonte, famous for Barolo and Barbaresco. And in the Marquet, the Marquet is known for beautiful white wines, and that certainly has been my experience in traveling the Marquet. Now, they also do make reds down uh, in the Marquet, um, but uh, it, it's the whites that really uh, have given them notoriety. Would you say you import more whites than reds from Italy? It's increasing. You know, uh, I also have a private wine club that anybody can join, and uh, when I first started this, most of my wine club members were primarily red. Right. And now I am having more and more of my cl wine club members call me and say, you know, we, we really are shifting to whites. Can you expose us to some more whites? And so I'm trying to get a shipment of wine on the water right now. I was explaining this to Dan before the show started, and it's really tough because of uh, – shipping in the time of COVID. Right. But uh, this shipment is all whites except one rosé. So... Uh, well, there's a really good reason why white wines from Italy have become so popular over the last decade. And I think it has to do with the fact that there's too much sameness in Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc in this country. And outside of Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc, what other white wine grapes do we have that are really, really popular? Yeah. Outside of perhaps Pinot Grigio, which can be interesting but typically isn't, uh, there's not an awful lot. I mean, you've got some Gewurztraminer, a little bit of Chenin Blanc, a little bit of Riesling. But bottom line is that when you start to taste Italian whites, they grow on you. It's it's like a fungus, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this passerina. 
Pastor Rena, and it's before we gorgeous. Leave, thank you. Before we leave that, I want to. I really want to give credit to the winemakers here, a father and son team, Paolo and Carlo Petracci, and their winery is Madonna Bruna, and uh, they are just a fabulous team. Carlo is the winemaker, and Paolo, the father, tends to uh, the vineyards. Um, so they produce this wine that I bring over, and then they also produce the next wine you're going to taste uh, from the Marquet, the Pecorino. I'm familiar with Pecorino. It's a cheese. <laughs> Besides being yes. well, a wine. It says on my sheet, Pecorino, it shares a name with sheep, sheep's milk cheese. That's true. But it's not sheep's milk. <laughs> no, the only association, the name refers to the fact that... Um, Sheep herders used to nibble on the grapes while they were tending their herds. And so the sheep herders really named this as, as Pecorino. <laughs> Explain to everyone, if you can, in a little more detail uh, on how this process works for what you do. Importing? I mean, once, you, yeah, once you're over there and you're driving around and talking to these winemakers and tasting stuff and going, oh, I want to take this home. I want to get this to America. Then what do you do? How does that work? I well, mean, even you, before it's all shipped on boats. It is. So it's it's trucked, uh, as Dan mentioned. Uh, it is collected at the winery, a, in a refrigerated, temperature-controlled truck, and is driven to the port of Livorno on uh, the Mediterranean side of Italy, where it's consolidated with other orders and put into a refrigerated, temperature-controlled um, cargo container the ones you see on the on the big container ships mm -hmm. and uh it hits the the water and it takes uh, i've i've sent wine from livorno into new york and then trucked it over to uh santa rosa uh and then most recently i've been sending it from livorno all the way to oakland through the panama canal so there's different routes you could take uh and right now though it's it's extremely difficult because of a shortage of everything and so that we there are container ships sitting out at sea for two and three weeks because they can't get unloaded in oakland right um so uh it's really challenging right now but that's how i get it here and then it goes into uh, a warehouse a third-party warehouse that i rent space from up in windsor and uh, my son who designed the website designed it such that when somebody places an order on the website the warehouse automatically gets a copy of it. They pick it, pack it, and ship it, and I don't even touch it. Unless it's a local order, and then I will pick it up at the warehouse, and I will personally deliver it myself. Wow. To Kathy as well. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan, as you were pointing out earlier, I mean, this is no easy deal. There's, this is a lot no, of work. No, it's, it's complicated. First, it, it starts really, I want to back up one step uh, in terms of what you were talking about, Steve, here's here's the the process. He tastes the wine at the winery. He says to himself, "Gee, I love this wine. I really want to have it. How much is it going to cost me to buy 20 cases or 13 cases, whatever the hell it is?" And then he says, uh, he says to himself, "Okay, that price is okay for me. I can I can build in a small margin for myself and still get this on the shelf at a fair price." Once he has a certain that in his head, is it going to cost me to ship it here? Does that raise my cost enough so that it becomes impossible to sell on the shelf? If these wines were $50, it'd be a fair price. 
But Don keeps, as a direct importer, he's keeping the prices down because he's already done that factoring while he's standing there in the winery in Italy doing this fast calculation about how much it's going to cost him to get that from there to the shelf. Because I'm also the middleman. I am the importer and the distributor and right. the retailer. Right. I only need, I don't need to worry about several markups. There's just one markup. Now, and uh, Harry Duke. Yes. Harry Duke Arini. <laughs> <laughs> Grazie. Um, outside of the logistics of getting these wines to back to California, and I, I'm fascinated about the adventures that you might have had in doing that. Can you tell us your favorite story about finding the great wine that you wanted to bring to California? I, and I know exactly. Uh, uh, what I want to share with you, and it's actually the story of how I found the winemaking family of the last two wines you're going to taste here today, uh, from Campania in southern Italy. Uh, we actually met the family initially up in a wine show in Verona, but uh, I don't bring in any wine until I go down and visit their vineyards, walk their vineyards, walk their cantina, and meet the family and really decide if this is wine's going to be viable for me. So I go into this village, and this is the village of Montimaletto, uh, which is in the province of Avellino. Uh, it's um, southeast of Naples. And the Amalfi Coast. The Amalfi Coast, exactly. yes. That's where my family's from. So it's up on the hills above the, the Amalfi Coast, and uh, Montimaletto is a gorgeous little town. It used to be a Roman enclave for the Roman army, hence the term Montimaletto, militia on a hill. Uh, and there was a huge castle, Norman Castle there. And so my son Tony and I, we arrive early and we're walking around the village. And in the middle of the, the, the center of town is the piazza with a park bench uh, and uh, full of um, older Italian men dressed in suits, just shooting the breeze and talking. So I walk up and introduce myself and uh, say, I'm an importer from California. I'm here to find who makes the best Alianico uh, and uh, Greco de Tufo and Falangina wines. Who do you like? And immediately a fight breaks out <laughs> as they start yelling at each other. As it always does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but that's how I got names. And uh, since I had already met this family, I said, uh, well, what do you know about the DeSantis family? Because that's who I'm going to visit next. And they said, oh, top shelf. So before I even went to their winery, I had the endorsement of the park bench, which <laughs> I, I know is always a great endorsement. Much better to get endorsements there than from the, say, local chamber of commerce or something like that. I, I can see that completely. <laughs> <laughs> the old guys in their suits on the in the piazza I'd say absolutely this is what you want absolutely when so they when they start to talk because they stop their chess game you listen yeah <laughs> well and I mentioned that Norman Castle uh, it was locked up you couldn't even get in it and so when we met the DeSantis family we spent the entire day with them and uh, we ate a full meal with them and uh, I said by the way your village is beautiful and that, and that is a gorgeous castle and they said do you want to go in I said, well, what do you mean it's locked? No, Grandpa here has the <laughs> key. Has the key. 
So we got a private tour of this castle wow. from uh, Grandpa and the, and the DeSantis family. Oh, wow. Thanks to our L.A. producer, Christopher DiMatteo, he had an uh, Italian friend of his run down the pronunciation of everything we're tasting today. Go ahead, Mike. Hi, this is Sonia to show you how to pronounce these Italian wine names. Pecorino is a wine from the Marche and Abruzzo regions. Passerina and Verdicchio also grow in the Marche. Falangina and Greco di Tufo come from Campania. Alla vostra! All right, I have no idea what she was saying, but, <laughs> I, but I trust her. I, it means to you. Yeah, it's grazie. A cheers to you. Grazie. And it sounded like she was drinking while she was doing all that as well, <laughs> didn't it? Uh, that was Christy Matteo doing some sound effects, <laughs> which were probably him drinking. Yeah. But, uh, Italian wine merchant Don Chigazola here uh, lives in Sonoma County. Let's quickly, Don, reiterate what it is you do and how you do it, just for people who are tuning in our 5 o'clock, uh, what we call our 5 o'clockers. Sure. Well, what uh, my son and I do, we drive the back roads of the Italian wine country looking for native Italian varietal wines from small family producers, not from the big houses, but from the, the families that have been doing it for generations. And then when we find an excellent uh, example of one, we develop a relationship with the family and bring their wines over here. Uh, we sell them wholesale to restaurants and direct consumer via uh, our website. This one we're tasting, is that a Verdicchio? No, this is the Pecorino. That, the Pecorino, uh, right, okay. And uh, also from the Marquet, and also from uh, Paolo and Carlo Petracci at Cantina Madonna Bruna. Dan, uh, uh, you were tasting it. What are your thoughts about the Pecorino? <coughs> uh, the minerality, the acidity, and then there's a very hint, faint hint of dried pineapple in the aroma, and it's a fabulous wine. We're drinking now but i can imagine what it'll be like in about a year or two when it takes more richness uh, and gets a little bit richer and, and more opulent right now it's delicious just pure pure delicioso <laughs> and this wine actually uh, i just placed in my first san francisco restaurant a uh, restaurant on divisadero called k fico is pouring this pecorino by the glass you're not in a lot of restaurants, but you are in some, and certainly uh, you mentioned like three here in Sonoma County who are three of my favorite restaurants, so that's cool. Yeah, I, uh, about half of my business is wholesale to restaurants, and um, the, the other half is direct-to-consumer. I have, I have to say, I, I have a bias. I have a lot more fun selling direct-to-consumer because I love meeting people, sure. talking about the wines, sure. and telling them stories about these families. Well, you have created such a cool gig for yourself. It's just beyond belief. Not, not a, a bad way to retire. You know, my no. very first job when I was 12 years old was I delivered papers on my bicycle. And now I just drive around town and I deliver wine. So I've kind of made full circle <laughs> uh, with my career. You don't throw the wine on the porch like you did with the no, newspapers. No. So nope. No. Well, what a don't cool gig. Don't do that. Uh, Dan, thoughts? Uh I think the Italian white wine scene is uh, exploding at this moment, and <clears throat> part of the problem has been accessibility. These wines typically were shipped uh, from Europe to New York and the East Coast, and the East Coast uh, products uh, are all about the fact that those folks back there were born and reared 
in a location where they never got California wine, so they got used to, Cal- to uh, Italian uh, wines, and now they're really excited about seeing Italian white wines. So a lot of these wines have a longer history on the East Coast. We're finally beginning to see them in California, and Don made the point earlier, everybody's getting excited about Italian white wine all of a sudden. The last decade, it's just been crazy. Yeah, Don, talk more about that, the Italian white wine thing. And Dan and I have discussed this with other people on this segment. It has, it's becoming a big deal. I mean, and you know, you know me, I'm a white wine guy these days. Oh. And these are all wonderful. And But, but what is making these uh, Italian white wines so popular out here? Well, I think Dan hit on it earlier. Uh, people are looking for more variety now. And, uh, you know, if you look across uh, Sonoma wine country, Napa wine country, uh, across the U.S., uh, you've got a few selections of different varietals, but there are hundreds of native Italian varietal white wines. And so people are looking for variety, and they want something different. They don't want to taste the same Chardonnays, the same Sauv Blancs. They're, they're looking for something different. And... Um, mm. They're finding also that the Italian white wines are crafted because of, of the, natural, the natural acidity uh, are crafted beautifully to go with food. And they're wonderful, wonderful food wines. This, this wine you've got in your glass, Steve, this is the uh, 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 Verdicchio. And in this Three wine, syllables. Verdicchio. Verdicchio. And just imagine this with some some uh, well you can't eat scallops unfortunately i'm sorry about that but this yeah. would be great with scallops or any like clams lobster, clams lobster any anything clams my favorite food in the world there oh. you go clams and this just unbelievable flavor profiles it is delicious talk more about this one verdicchio so verdicchio is probably uh, emerging as one of italy's uh, most significant white wines. Uh, they are the Italians now are realizing they've got. Uh, I think uh, uh, Ian Degatta, wine writer Ian Degatta, I think described it best. The, the Italians have uh, realized that the Verdicchio is the Ferrari of Italian white wines. Really, and uh, it is selling very, very well in Italy, and it is now being recognized over here in the U.S. There is still not very much of it here. Certainly not on the West Coast. I think Dan's uh, correct that you could find more of it on the East Coast, but not on the West Coast. So still in the Marquet region, but if I took you about uh, 100 miles north of the town of Porto San Giorgio and, and Madonna Bruna, and just about 50 miles uh, west of Ancona, toward the uh, Apennines Mountains, at the base of the Apennines, you start to get into Verdicchio country. And this, uh, this gentleman that I found, his name is Andrea um, Petrini, and he lives and breathes Verdicchio. And this wine has just become extremely popular there now. And uh, his wine specifically, because he, he's got a very small estate. We're talking eight hectares, so uh, that's about... Uh, 20 acres. 20 acres. So very that's small nothing. property. Nothing. Yeah. But he's now selling out all of his wines. And he's, uh, even though I don't have a contract with him, he's agreed to continue to reserve some for me every year. 
So um, this is Verdicchio from his winery called Tenuta del Ugolino. He named it after his grandfather, whose name was Ugolino. And um, he's just passionate about his wines here. He's um, named this one the Vignetta, Vigneto del Beluccio. And Beluccio, I, I guess grandfather was uh, a, a famous dancer, loved to dance, and built actually built a dance floor next to the, the vineyard so that they could dance. And Beluccio was the name of the, the dance floor. I got to ask, uh, when you first meet these people, these winemakers, these families, the father and the husband and the wife or whatever, and you tell them who you are and what you want to do, how do they respond? Do they think you're a crazy American or do they... Uh, <laughs> and we do. You obviously speak fluent Italian. I'm not fluent. Uh, conversazionale, non fluente. <laughs> okay. uh, so I, I could get by. And in fact, sometimes it gets me into trouble because they tell me that I have a very good accent. And so when I start speaking, they assume I'm fluent. And I quickly have to say, uh, you know, please slow down. Um, but, uh, but do they seem to trust you uh, early on and say, okay, well, let us take you around and, and taste some of our well, stuff? Well, we, we build trust, but I have to say the economy in Italy is, is very poor right now. Yeah. And they are looking for buyers of their wines. And uh, more and more um, Italians are, are switching to beer because it's cheaper. So the, the Italian winemakers are selling less of their wine locally. Um, so they are usually thrilled to have an importer like me contact them. I would think so, yeah. Uh, they do their homework, though. They research me. They go to my website. They talk to their friends. They see wh who I'm importing now. They call those producers up and say, is Don legit? Is he a good guy? <coughs> and it does they take say a, yes. It, and it takes a few years to develop this well, I'm sure. trust. Wow. This, this, uh, 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 yeah, Dan, tell me why I love this well, so I, much. You know, th this is one of the highest quality white wines I have ever tasted from anywhere, let alone Italy. This is ver Verdicchio of a very, very high order. When I first tasted this wine about six or eight months ago, I immediately put it in my newsletter in which I said, there's a 35 to $40 bottle of wine selling for $28. And anybody who misses this wine is missing the opportunity of a lifetime. Well, Don still got it. And it's still $28. It ain't going to be there very long for $28, let me tell you that. It's Excuse me, gone. Kathy? I'm, I'm fact, Th this is the dump cup. You just dumped your wine into my coffee. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, who cares? She's flagged. <laughs> yeah, your coffee just got a whole lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. This is bad radio coffee, so it'll only improve it. <laughs> so, Don, you relayed your favorite story or your favorite experience in, in making these trips to the back roads. I'm curious about what might have been your most disappointing adventure. And in, in you went looking for something, and at the end of it, you didn't find what you want. So can you tell us something about that? Sure. Uh, I was looking for some wines from Tuscany, and uh, I had made uh, some arrangements to meet with a family that actually the, the patriarch of the family is a count. Um, and they were excited for me to come visit. They uh, offered to put me and my family up in one of the several villas that were on the property. Um, 
And when we tasted their wines, and I really wanted to, to like his wines because he was just such a genuine person and, and such a wonderful human being when I met him. I really wanted to like his wines, but his wines were not at all representative of the wines of that area. And so I had to say no. And that's the hardest part of what I do. I meet wonderful families, but I say no more than I say yes. Do they uh, feed you? They always that would be my, yes. my first thing. They always feed me. Um, they, before or after you say no? No, but definitely before. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I don't say no until after. So. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, no, they, they bring you into their home. Like I said, these are farmers. These are not business people. Correct. And they bring you into their home. You're sitting around the table, usually with three generations, and you're learning all about the family and their philosophy of their vineyards and, and their wine. And you, you can't help but fall in love with these people. And so it, it's heartbreaking when I have to say, you know, your wines, uh, I, I really enjoy them, but I don't think there's a place for them right now in my portfolio. Yeah. That can't be easy, especially it's very after difficult. they make you an amazing dinner. It's very hard, yes. <laughs> it's uh, chigazolemerchants.com. Check them out, folks. Uh, what they're doing is pretty damn amazing. Are we going to taste the uh, falangina? Falangina is next. Falangina. So I'm going to take you out of the Marquet region, and now we're going into Campania. And so ah. s- southern Italy. Um, where my family's from. Just, uh, you know, bordered by the Mediterranean, Naples, and the Amalfi Coast. And you're going to taste what is probably the most ancient white varietal known. Uh, There's two from Campania that actually compete for that title. Uh, Falangina, which is the one you're tasting now. Uh, the other one is uh, a grape called Fiano, and when it's grown around in this, in this district of Avellino, it's called Fiano d'Avellino. I didn't bring that one today, but I brought the Falangina, and uh, what a this wine. is from a family called the DeSantis family in Monte Maletto, and their winery is called Maki Santa Maria. This is a 2019 Falangina, 100% Falangina. California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottle Barn with Dan Berger. Our guest today, the return of Italian wine merchant Don Chigazola. Go to chigazolamerchants.com. You, sh- you owe it to yourself to check out the wines that Don and his son, his family, uh, they travel around Italy and talk to these uh, families, these farmers, and they taste the wines, and then he, uh, he brings them back for all of us here. And it's, again, I can't say enough how amazing that gig is. Harry, you should have done this. I, I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the Italians will love you. <laughs> I won't say no. Just say you're Harry Ducarino. <laughs> yeah. And, and, Harry, just so you know, it takes 13 permits and licenses before you can get a bottle of wine in this country to sell. <laughs> Okay, maybe I won't do it. Then. <laughs> uh, all right, where are we at here? Uh, we have one more wine to go, and it is the Greco de, de, de Tufo, but it isn't available 
for our listeners, unfortunately. Unless you, do you have some of this? Oh, I do have some. Oh, of you that. still have the seventeen? Yes. Oh my God! So I have to buy some more of that. You know, there's <laughs> Greco de So we're still and, in. And Tufo is a town in Campania. It is, and uh, in fact, the name Tufo actually means uh, the compressed uh, volcanic soil uh, because of when uh, Mount Vesuvius blew in exactly. 79 AD and spread ash all over the area. Right. Uh, oh, you know, for the last couple of thousands of years, it, it compressed, and that compressed uh, soil is referred to as tufo. And there's also, you're right, um, Steve, there's a commune in the area called um, tufo. And so when the Greco grape is grown around the village of Tufo, they call it Greco de Tufo. And of the whites you tasted here today, it is the only DOCG. Uh, that is the highest... Um, certified designation. Certified designation of gotcha. wines in Italy is gotcha. DOCG. Tufo. Is that anywhere near, say, Sorrento, where my family's from? Well, it's a couple of hours from Sorrento, but yeah, okay. uh, up in the hills. Uh, east of Sorrento. East, okay. East of Sorrento, um, but very close to the village of Monte Maletto where the DeSantis family's winery is. And so, wow. um, this, uh, the, the, all the other wines you tasted today are 2019, uh, the c most current vintage I have of, of these wines. This one is one that is a 2017, and there what a are... Treat. There are some wines oh, man. that, white wines that actually do age well, and Greco is one of them. Veridicchio is also another one uh, that ages very but, well. But this one is really special because I, I really had no idea that Greco de Tufo would ever age this well. This, is, this even exceeds my expectations. It's so smooth oh, absolutely. and tasty from beginning Pre to the pre end. Precisely. It's opulent. It's just it's, yes. It's just opulent. Again, it's uh, chigazolimerchants.com. Check them out. All right, I'll spell it once. C H I G A Z O L A. You'll figure it out. Chigazolamerchants.com. And my Italian friend Harry Ducarini. <laughs> Any final thoughts here before we have to split? I'm one wine behind you guys, so I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the spice. Dan, take care one. of uh, of Harry Ducarino here. <laughs> Taken care of. Done deal. Again, it's all brought to you by Bottle Barn. Barn. We do it every Wednesday. California Wine Country with Dan Berger and the great Italian wine merchant here in Sonoma County, Don Chigazola. Don, thanks so much, buddy. Always a pleasure to be here. Great to Call see you. Call me anytime. You're looking good, dude. Thank you. I wish I had a bicycle. The red. We, we didn't oh, do the red really? for my cellar. <laughs> Well, I know you held that up before we went on the air, and I thought, yeah, okay, we'll do one of Dan's cellars. We need that one, Dan. Okay, well, that's fine. But however... <laughs> Beautiful wine, by the way. We got 30 seconds. Uh, Monte Volpe, 2013, Negro Amaro, an Italian grape grown in Mendocino County. 2013? Yeah. You, you, can, you can dry it. Delicious. Okay, all right. Here you go. <laughs> and give it to Kathy. She'll pour it in my coffee. <laughs> Don Chigazola, thank you so much. Chigazolamerchants.com. Dan Berger, always a pleasure every Wednesday. On California next week, wine we, got country. Italian, we got Portuguese wines next, next okay. week. Right. Have a great night, everybody.